Investor Creator teaches both seasoned and new investors how to buy the right houses at the right price anytime you want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable six or seven figure investing business that changes your life without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of Investor Creator, where I tell you the truth about what it takes to become a high-level seven-figure real estate investing business. Guys, I'm reaching you today from Orange Beach, and my family and I decided to come here about a week ago. It's actually my wife's 32nd birthday tomorrow. And so we decided, I guess it was last Friday, to leave Saturday. And so we made quick arrangements to get down here. And luckily, my in-laws were able to make the trip down. And so we've had a really great time. Uh, My little girl, she's three years old, and she's had just a fantastic time going to the beach and enjoying that time. And we've had a, a lot of family time on this trip. So it's been super enjoyable. And one of my goals at the beginning of this year was to take basically weekend vacations every month. But my wife had a a little bit difficult of a pregnancy and we had our our second child in June. And so baby boy, he's about two months old now. And so he was able to make the trip. So we had a good trip down here, Uh, actually a lot better than I kind of expected it to be with a three-year-old and and basically a newborn. But we made a a good trip down here and we've had just a, a super great time while we're here. I will say that uh, my little girl's age, which she's almost three, it has been just a lot of fun seeing her play and learn and explore and just see things that whenever I was three years old, I definitely wasn't seeing, but uh, it's, it's just been a great trip. So we've had a good time doing this and it's the weekend before Labor Day right now. We're leaving tomorrow and this is kind of like the best time to be here. So the weather's great. It's been perfect. But the, the thing is, everybody's kind of waiting because most people travel this time of year on Labor Day because they have an extra day off. And so everything is just super vacant. But we've had a great time. And I'm on this 22nd story of this condo complex. And I've got my My Father cigar and a, a glass of Macallan 12 and just kind of winding the day down. But what I want to talk to you today about is Dilly. And I know that doesn't make any sense right now, but we're going to jump right into the story. So yesterday, my wife and I and my in-laws, they came over to our condo and and we went down to the pool and there was a lazy river. So we did that and this big water slide and just had a really great time with everything. But it got to be about lunchtime. And so we decided to go to this restaurant that was pretty well reviewed. And so we pull into the parking space and nobody's there because nobody's here this time of year. And so we go into the restaurant And this young man greets us. I mean, this big smile, this really over-the-top personality, and he meets us at the hostess stand, and he takes us to the table, and lo and behold, he's our waiter. And so he introduces himself. He said, my name is Dilly, which is short for Dilly Dilly. And it's tough to forget a thing like that. And I thought, man, that's really interesting. Like this kid is intentional with what his name is, so it's memorable, so people can ask for him later. And so he was our server and he gave us this really great service and, you know, had kind of jokes and everything and and just was really fantastic in every way. And I gave him a good tip, but something really made me think about him off and on the rest of the day. You know, it's this really young guy and I thought, gosh, you know, he's really working hard and with not much payoff at that point because the restaurant was practically, but he had this great attitude and this great energy and really focused on doing a great job and, and doing the best that he could with what he had. And I have to respect that. 
So I gave him a good tip and I told him, hey, you know, we'll probably be back tomorrow. And so that's what we did. Today we came back for dinner. And so kind of the same thing. I'll park in the parking lot. Nobody's there. Walk in the front door. There he is again, this kid. And he said, hey, I remember you guys from yesterday. Do you want to sit with me again? I said, hey, that'd be great. You know, just show us where to go. And so we go to the table and it's the same thing again. I mean, this kid is just great personality, great energy, just really focused on doing a great job. And I just thought about it again. You know, I thought about him yesterday and here he is again. He's doing a great job again. And so really near the end of the meal, I said, hey, you know, Dilly, come over here. I said, what's the five-year plan? He said, well, to be honest, you know, I'm here. I'm trying to save enough money to go to real estate school. And I thought, how about that? You know, here I am, real estate guy. Here's this kid. Reminds me a lot of myself in, in some ways. And here I am. I said, well, tell me about that. He said, well, you know, I want to go to real estate school. I just moved down here and, and I thought this would be a good market because everybody wants to own beachfront property and, you know, it's higher price range and all that. And I thought, man, this kid's really thought about this. So, well, tell me about your story, man. I mean, where are you from? Are you from here? He said, no, I just moved here four months ago. He said, I'm from, he told me where he was from. I frankly don't remember. And he said, I came down here because I wanted to learn real estate. My my father was uh, in fishing, commercial fishing, and he, he worked on a boat. And I realized pretty early on, I didn't want that for myself. I said, well, tell me uh, your backstory. Do you have anybody in real estate and that kind of thing? He said, no, I really don't. But during the recession, I was about 10 years old. And I remember my parents wondering if their house was going to get foreclosed on. And I thought, man, like what a strong why. You know, that's a really fantastic why. So long story short, I really thought about how intentional this kid was with his life. And so here's this kid. He's 20 years old. When I ask him what his five-year plan, he has a freaking answer. Guys, I can't tell you how many adults that I talk to that are 40 years old plus that cannot answer that question. And so not only did he have an answer, he had a plan implemented to create it. So he burned the bridges. He went to a town he knew nothing about. He knew, knew nobody here. And he had a big why in that he didn't want to end up the way his family had been in the past. And I think about that and how powerful that is. You know, I talk to people all across the country that want to do this business. They want to be a real estate investor or so they think. And the problem that I see is there's no level of commitment that is tangible with what they're saying. So they may say, I want to be an investor or you know, I want to learn investing or whatever. But when it comes down to the rubber meeting the road, they really have no plan. They have no execution. And they certainly have no emotional wherewithal to oversee the problems. Okay, guys, this business is in addition to every other business that I've ever seen is going to have problems with it. You know, not every day is roses, sunshine and Christmas. Okay, can we agree to that? I think we can. All right. So whenever we look at the two bank accounts that we have in life. So everyone is concerned about the financial bank account, but the one that they really should be concerned about first is the emotional bank account. Because if we don't have the emotional capacity to get through the problems, to get through learning curves, to see the end result in the future, then we're never, ever going to get there, guys. So I think of it like this. If we're a diehard football fan, and I'm not, but let's just say I am, and my favorite team, the one that I've been rooting for for the past decade, is in the Super Bowl. And I can't watch the Super Bowl because I have work that night. But I put it on DVR. So I record the Super Bowl, and I'm so excited to get home and watch the Super Bowl. because so I want to see if my team wins. 
And as much as I try, I end up finding out on the ride home that my team does win. So I get home, I get settled, I turn on the TV, begin to watch the game. And at the end of the first quarter, my team is down by 21. Am I going to be unhappy about the situation my team is in at that moment? No, I'm not, because I know the end result. I know that we win. So am I going to be excited? Probably. I'm going to be excited about what is this big comeback? What is this turnaround? What happens next? So that my team wins, because I know the end result. Well, guys, it's the same thing with us in our business. If we know that our end result is success, then it really doesn't matter about the minor problems that we have along the way. Because our emotional wherewithal is to victory. We know what the victory is. Guys, many of the people that I talk to that want to be investors don't have that. And it is super important that we have the commitment to see things through. Guys, I got an interesting email today from a guy in San Francisco. And he's considering joining my mentor program. And he said, how many people are successful with what you do? And the answer is very simple. It's 100% and 0%, depending on what the commitment level is. The people that are committed to to doing the program, to seeing it through, to implementing, are 100% successful. Every single person that I've ever had that has made the commitment to do it with no holds barred, the commitment is do or die, it's going to happen, then it always happens. The people that are just hoping or wishing or trying, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And I know that that can be kind of harsh for people. You know, Whenever I look at the commitment level of the average person that I talk to, it's just not there. You know, if you're not willing to put bandit signs out at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning after you've worked all week and you're tired, and if you're not willing to sacrifice vacations to increase your marketing budget, and you're not willing to, even after a deal falls apart and it's your first deal, to keep going, then you're probably not going to get there. And I say those three separate things in that order because every single one of those things happened to me. I was working, I was pressure washing houses with a college degree so that I could provide some kind of income for my family. And I was putting bandit signs out come hail, rain, sleet, snow. It didn't matter. That's what I did. And I had my first transaction fall apart. I was set to make 20 something thousand dollars. It fell apart because of a title issue, really no mistake of my own. And I had to keep going. And in the middle of that, I sacrificed family vacation so that I could keep marketing because at the end of the day, my commitment was to do this business. I was going to either be a real estate investor or I was going to be on my deathbed asking the doctor if he had a house that he wanted to sell. And that's the diehard commitment that we have to make to see things through. And the people that I talk to just frankly don't have that. So what I would ask you is which level of commitment do you have? Because this business isn't for everybody, and it's going to be a lot easier for you if you make that determination that it's not for you right now than it is to kind of dabble and think about it and hope and you know kind of dabble and, and look at the business and you know maybe halfway commit to it because it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. There's a learning curve involved. You're going to have naysayers. Some of them may be your spouse. Some of them may be your family. Some of them may be your children. You know. And if you don't have the diehard commitment to see it through, then it's not going to be for you. But if you do have the diehard commitment to see it through, that the vision is there and the commitment to see the vision through is there, then it's going to happen for you. There's no way to stop a committed person, frankly, with anything. Whenever you look at the high level 
investors in the country, whenever you look at the high level, big innovators in any industry, they have the same focus. There was a a dinner. This is a story that I've heard, and I think it's true. There was a dinner that uh, whenever Bill Gates was first starting his business, he was a young man. And for those of you who don't know much about the the Gates family, Bill Gates' father was a very successful lawyer. And Bill Gates' mother decided to throw a dinner party. And so she decided to invite Warren Buffett to the dinner party. And apparently they didn't know each other at the time, but she sent the invitation and Warren Buffett accepted. And so here's this long dinner table of about 12 people where you have Warren Buffett and you have the Gates family. And Mrs. Gates asked a question to the table, not to any one person, but she asked a question to the table and said, guys, what do you attribute your success to? And both Warren Buffett and Bill Gates answered the same thing at the same time, a one-word answer, focus, focus. Guys, we have to have focus, determination, commitment to see the vision. And that's one thing that Dilly had. And if I had to say the one thing that the world is missing and the, the biggest tragedy of the world, it's that individual potential is not met. If each one of us met our potential, then I think all the world's problems would cease to exist. I don't think there would be wars. I don't think there would be hunger. I don't think that there would be sex trafficking. I don't think that there would be a drug problem because we would all be self-actualized. And so I know I'm getting a little bit into just super big theory, but it really does have a place in what we do. The people that I talk to that have a high level of commitment are going to see it through and they're going to be successful. And I can help them get there much faster because I've been there. I know what it takes to create a multiple seven-figure income in the real estate flipping business, okay, and with notes to be passive. But without the level of commitment, I can't take anybody there. They can be smart. They can be good looking. They can be good talkers, whatever it is. But if they're not committed to the process and committed to the vision, then nobody can really get them there. And that's one thing that Dilly had that I think the average person didn't. So I told him, I said, man, I think you've got it. You know, you're 20 years old. You burned the bridges. You've made a commitment to yourself to do this. You have a short term goal, which is to create the money to succeed at the long term vision, which is selling real estate. Now, I'm not much on selling real estate, but that was his vision at this time. And, you know, this kid's 20 years old. And most 40 and 50 year olds that I talk to really don't have the same vision or commitment that this 20 year old has. Guys, Vision and commitment don't take money. They don't take a lot of time. They don't take a lot of effort to create, but sustaining it takes a lot of emotional wherewithal. It's an emotional bank account. One thing that I preach to my mentees all the time is to not ride the roller coaster. And what I mean by that is you have a certain set of problems that come up whenever you start in the business. So most people never get to where they're actually marketing, but you know, it takes some emotional wherewithal and commitment to begin your marketing machine. So you create the lead generation machine. So you're emotionally up. You're waiting on the phone calls. And then the phone calls don't come. So you're emotionally down. And then you get a few phone calls and they're pretty good ones. So you're emotionally up again. And then you go to the appointments and you bomb it because you don't have a script and then you're emotionally down. And then maybe you get a contract because you just happen into it. So you're emotionally up again. And then title falls apart, so you're emotionally down. So it's tough for people to ride those waves, and you shouldn't do it. It's the same thing as the the Super Bowl analogy. If you know the the game is won at the end of the day, then the short-term consequence of these minor problems in the grand scheme of things don't matter. And so we have to keep our mind on the vision, 
We have to be committed and work on ourselves because the emotional bank account is going to be important to help us get there. I hope that makes sense. Dilly, if you're listening, I'm super proud of you. I think you're on the right track and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Guys, hope that made a lot of sense to you. Happy investing. Wish you the best of luck in the future.